Your children mope around the house all summer, complaining about being bored. Do they seem discontent most of the time or unmotivated to do much of anything, no matter how many suggestions you make? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission, to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Have you ever noticed that when you encounter news stories or even advertisements in our world, you have to give your kids a disclaimer like, well, kids, I know they're saying that all is hopeless, but here's what we believe. Wouldn't it be nice if you could point them to a news source that would actually encourage them to see how God is working in our world today? Well, it is nice because there is such a news source. It's called World Watch. This is an engaging professional news show produced by Christian journalists, and it's designed specifically for kids. In just 10 minutes a day, you and your kids can stay up to date on the current headlines without the hopelessness and hysteria of most other news sources. My favorite part is that every episode ends with this reminder, whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. To find out more about World Watch, just go to worldwatch.news slash ginger to access a free episode. Again, that's worldwatch.news slash ginger. Well, hello, Ginger. We're back with our sweet friend, Sonia Schaefer. And I feel like I need to mention every time we have Sonia on the show that I am personally responsible for introducing you two to one another. So I deserve most of the credit <laughs> for your friendship. <laughs> well, Katie, you're responsible and deserve the credit for a lot of good things in my life. Aww. But <laughs> oh, thank I definitely Yeah, but I definitely say that introducing me to Sonia is among my favorites mm-hmm. because she has just become such a dear friend and someone I turn to for advice and prayer, just always there for me. And as a Christian friend should, she always encourages me with truths from God's word. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that most of our listeners Listeners are probably familiar with Sonia by now since she is a recurring guest on our show and someone we quote quite often. But just in case, Katie, how about you give her a proper introduction? Sure. Sonia and her husband, John, have four daughters whom they homeschooled all the way through with the Charlotte Mason method. Sonia has a special place in her heart for parents dealing with special needs children because her youngest daughter has autism and developmental delays. In all her free time, when she's not spending time with her family or homeschooling her daughter or podcasting or speaking at conventions or running a very successful business or coming on our podcast, Sonia loves to play the piano, read great books, and weave on her floor loom. But most of all, she loves to encourage and equip you in your high calling as parents. So Sonia, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for inviting me back. It's always a joy to be part of the great work you two are doing to encourage parents. Mm. Oh, well, thank you for that, Sonia. 
I am a firm believer that summer is a time for kids to take a well-deserved break from school. They work so hard all year, and there's nothing wrong with them having a little downtime. But we all need and should take a break from work sometimes. It's healthy and it's biblical. But we also know that children with little to no structure often struggle with being whiny, bored, and discontent. We're also warned about idleness in Scripture and all the sinful things that can lead to. But some of the things that our children would like to do when they're bored aren't always what's best for them to do. Sonia, how can we deter our kids from relying on things like technology uh, when they're bored and get them excited about healthier activities? Well, you're right. There are lots of things in life that really do our children no good. And intentional parents are going to caution their children to stay away from those things. Probably most parents have a good list of things they don't want their children doing. Those things can range from activities that simply are a waste of time to activities that have the potential to harm our children mentally and physically, emotionally, or spiritually. But the thing is, sometimes while we're careful to tell our children what they're not allowed to do, we forget to give them wholesome alternatives that they can do instead. Mm. It's kind of like saying, don't think about a pink elephant. You know, the more we say, don't think about a pink elephant, (laughs) the more our minds (laughs) latch on to that mental image of the pink elephant. Mm -hmm. That's just the way we're made. But if we say something like, pink elephants aren't the best. Let's think about a lime green elephant wearing a party hat. (laughs) Can you see the lime green elephant? Mm -hmm. See, now we've given a good alternative to focus on instead. And it's the same with our children. Yes, we need to tell them what to steer away from, but we also need to be careful to give them wholesome alternatives that they can focus on instead. Mm. Now, if your children are school age, They've got the advantage of schoolwork to keep them engaged in a worthy occupation for several hours of the day. But when they have summer off from schoolwork, now they have more hours in which they have to make a choice about what they're going to do. And that can be a good exercise for them, but it can also generate some conflict if they don't have ideas for good activities. Yep. Absolutely. Offering kids alternatives reminds me of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, which explain the concept of putting off and putting on. Mm -hmm. Katie and I talk a lot about this as it pertains to parenting a child who's caught in sin. If we only tell them what not to do, it's exasperating because they have nowhere to go from there. When we follow the advice in Ephesians, we take our training a step further and teach them how to replace what is wrong with what is right and, of course, to turn to Jesus for help. Sonia, Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying here is that it can also be exasperating for kids when we tell them no TV or no video games, but we don't offer another activity instead. Mm -hmm. And I found from personal experience that telling kids to go find something else to do, typically doesn't work. <laughs> That's right. They, usually they do need... find something else, but it's usually not good. That's exactly. Right. And that's why they need some guidance for healthy alternatives. Unless you're Katie's daughter, Avery, of course, who finds her joy in doing the whole family's laundry. <laughs> oh, oh, Katie, send her over here, I know, please. she's so helpful. She is. Like, Avery is anything but typical. This she's is just, true. She's going to be such a sweet little homemaker one She's day. already a better homemaker than her 
own mother. So, (laughs) (laughs) but all that to say for the typical child who needs Mm -hmm. some guidance, Sonia, this is where you come in. Mm -hmm. You've got 15 fantastic ideas to help kids beat summer boredom. uh, Ideas that don't involve mindless entertainment and damaging screen time. So how about you roll those out for us? All right, let's dive in. Number one, we're going to start with an obvious one, creating art. Now, some students delight in artistic expression and others just despair because they don't have a natural flair for drawing or painting, as I am in that category, you know. (laughs) But I would encourage parents to view the summer months as a prime opportunity to explore different art media. See, maybe one child does struggle with sketching, but has he tried sculpting? Or has he tried watercolor brush drawing or cartoons or pastels or dyeing fabric or calligraphy? All of those are types of media. They're types of art expression. And perhaps he'll excel in or at least enjoy one of those. So try some different types of art media. Okay, this idea makes me think that it would be helpful to clarify something out of the gate. So many of our listeners are not homeschooling parents, and there is often this misconception that homeschooling parents must have mastery of a subject or a skill themselves before they can teach it to their children. And thankfully, this isn't really the case. So Mm -hmm. parents, even homeschooling parents, are often merely facilitators of learning. That's right. And more often than not, I'm jumping in for the first time to learn right along with my kids, which is so much fun. So one suggestion I have for this first idea is to use creating a masterpiece or a similar program that will expose your children and you parents to a wide range of art media. Oh, I love creating a masterpiece. It's phenomenal. Sharon Hofer is a fabulous artist, and she has hundreds of kids on her waiting list to get into her studio because she gives lessons in a variety of art media. And she has created an extensive library of art projects for beginners through advanced, Mm -hmm. and the kids and parents (laughs) can try their hands at pastels and watercolors and sculpting and pencil sketching and ink and charcoal and just all kinds of different media. You can check it all out at creatingamasterpiece.com. And one thing I do like about her programs is that she will send you links to all the supplies that you need through that as well, because you know, just saying, go find this particular charcoal pencil is, I mean, that's just really complicated for someone who's not doing that on a regular basis. So right. yeah, definitely check out her website. Yeah, that, that sounds great. And as always, listeners, we'll put links in the show notes to any websites and resources uh, that we talk about today. All right, Sonia, what's your second idea? Okay, when I was growing up, I used to take summers off from my piano lessons. I think most people do. But when I was in high school, I started with a different teacher. And she said something that really challenged my thinking about summer vacation and piano. She said, Of course, we're not taking the summer off. You have more time to practice in the summer. Mm -hmm. And it was true because I didn't have all the homework and I wasn't gone all day. So parents, if your child is already learning to play a musical instrument, consider possibly dedicating more time to really grow in that ability over the summer. Or as we talked about with the art media, maybe you want to introduce a new instrument to try it out. Mm. Has, has anybody in the family tried playing a hammered dulcimer? <laughs> or how about a mandolin or an auto harp? 
Or Can people identify even some of these instruments? <laughs> some of these, like, what yeah. is that? <laughs> I'm not, yeah, there are all kinds of instruments. Mm-hmm. Maybe, or, or maybe your violin student wants a big change and wants to experiment with an upright bass, mm-hmm. you know? So just as with art expression, these weeks can be prime opportunity to expand your horizons with musical expression. So, or maybe this is the summer to start your family band <laughs> or your family choir or maybe just hold a recital for the grandparents, you know? I love that. And sell tickets to the show like Alex did at ridiculous <laughs> prices. $80 a pop. <laughs> she thought very highly of her shows, but they were good. They were good. We got front row seats. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know about this, though, Sonia. Uh, you know, I gave Wesley the option of picking an instrument one summer. And what did he choose? The drums. <laughs> oh, of stuck course. With them. Of course. And he stuck with them for the next five years. Oh, wow. oh congratulations. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so I started missing the old video games, I have to say. <laughs> but the good thing is I finally did talk him into an electric drum set with headphones, which was a sanity saver for me and our neighbors. Also, let me just throw in here that with all the online, inexpensive, or even free instructional videos available today, you don't always have to pay an arm and a leg or uh, drive them across town for lessons. Yeah, and many stores, music stores, will rent instruments. So you don't have to, you know, plunk down a big investment for that drum set or whatever instrument you just want to give it a try. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's good to know. All right. So moving right along, what's your third idea? Well, even if art expression is not your thing, you can and should encourage your children in art appreciation. It's really simple to do. As Katie was mentioning, you don't have to be an art aficionado. You can learn right along with your children. That's how I've done this. And you can do this with all ages of kids. Here's how I've done it for many years. You choose one artist, and you're going to hang out with that artist for several weeks. You could stick with him the whole summer if you really want to. And at the least, I would say stick with him for six to eight weeks. Once a week, focus on one of his pictures. It just takes five minutes. You hold up the picture for everybody to look at. Encourage them to look closely and carefully till they can close their eyes and see that picture in detail in their mind's eye. And when everybody's ready, then hide the picture and ask the kids to describe it and give everybody a chance to add to that description. Now, here's a pro tip. During the description, keep the picture hidden you're going to be tempted to take another look and hold, well, wait a minute, look, look at this. Just hold on, you know, wait till everybody has contributed to the description. And then once everybody's done, then turn the picture over and look at it again, just to clarify or confirm what everybody described. That's about it. You just put the picture on display somewhere for the rest of the week. And the next week, do the same thing with another picture by that same artist. That's the key. Because at the end of those six or eight weeks, you and your children are going to have a pretty good feel for that one artist's style. And then you can pick a different artist and go again. My children and I have learned so much and become friends with many, many artists using this very simple method. It's very effective, though. And it's just five minutes once a week. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. 
This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I want to speak on behalf of those who have never in their lives heard of such a thing as what you just described, because I was once that person, and I believe it was at a homeschooling conference, Sonia, where I sat in on one of your presentations and heard about this. Um, But before that, before homeschooling was on my radar, and long before I'd heard of a philosophy of education created by this English woman named Charlotte Mason, I would have heard an idea like this and thought it sounded hokey to be honest, and um, (laughs) like something my kids would never enjoy. And it hardly sounded something like I would enjoy, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm -hmm. But Sonia, I started doing picture study with my kids several years ago when they were still quite young, so maybe early elementary for my oldest two. And I was amazed that they could sit still and quiet long enough to study the picture. Um, I was amazed they could recall even the most minute details of the artwork we studied together. And then I was blown away when my kids enjoyed this so much and they were able to apply what they had learned in a different context. So Mm -hmm. several years ago, we were at a Greek food festival at the Greek Orthodox Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And while we were waiting in line for food, one of my kids pointed to a painting in the church and said with great enthusiasm, mom, doesn't that look like one of Giotto's paintings? Oh, okay. That's the moment when you just turn to them and take their little face in your hands and whisper, say it louder, sweetheart. Say it louder, you know? (laughs) Well, I'll be honest, the the homeschooling mom in me really did well up with pride. And I was like, this, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Um, But that's, I think that's the moment too. I decided I was going to buy everything in your booth um, and the Simply Charlotte Mason booth. (laughs) And I have done so ever since. I don't know if you noticed, Sonia, but I placed an order last week, as a matter of fact. So, but just a quick plug here. Sonia did not ask us to say this, but I want our listeners to know that Sonia has so many wonderful resources at simplycharlottemason.com. Mm-hmm. And um, some of my favorite resources are these picture study portfolios. And it just makes this whole concept of picture study so easy. It walks you through it. So we'll have Heather put a link in the show notes so that our listeners can see what we're talking about. But at the risk of sounding like an absolute hokey homeschooler right now, I'm going to say that there are few things as thrilling to my heart as seeing my kids' eyes light up when they're able to apply something that they have learned, especially something that seems so simple. I mean, picture study is one of the simplest things we can do, but to see them apply it in a different context is just joy like no other, and it's why I continue homeschooling and have for so long. Well, and it's something that anybody can do, no matter if they're homeschooling or not. I mean, five minutes once a week, that's not hard to do, and Mm -hmm. it's so enriching. Well, and honestly, there are few things as thrilling to my kids as well than those moments. And in my experience, and y'all know I'm, I'm big on no technology, but these kinds of moments, I have never had one of these moments with a video game or mindless screen time. We mm-hmm. just don't get those same moments. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I encourage people well, to Well, another idea. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, another idea that's very similar um, is music appreciation. It is quite similar. You pick one composer, 
and focus on him for six to eight weeks or the whole summer if you want to. It's up to you. Play that composer's music often during those weeks. Just play it in the background, like during a meal or during cleanup time, you know, when the kids are picking up their toys or if it's soothing music, play it during nap time or while you're driving on vacation. And then just once a week, spend a few minutes in a focused listening time. Pick one piece by that composer and listen to it closely. And depending on what the piece is, encourage your kids to respond to that music somehow. You know, like if you focus on a Sousa march or a polka, they probably want to move around while listening to one of those. Or for other pieces, they might want to make up a story that goes with what they're hearing Mm -hmm. or use it as the soundtrack for what kind of video do you think or slideshow of photos or they can use their new art to draw what the music makes them think of what do they think it, it it sounds like to them can they picture that in art just stick with that one composer for several weeks and you and your children get a good feel for that person's style Sonia's getting the homeschooler and me all revved up over here. (laughs) Uh, But but I do have a few suggestions for our listeners who are interested in music appreciation. One is to go to simplycharlottemason.com and get your music study with the masters CDs and booklets. Again, Sonia doesn't prompt me to say that. These are just resources we have here at our home that we use and love. Um, Another idea is to get some of the Maestro Classics CDs or their digital downloads. These are stories set to beautiful orchestral music, and they have stories like The Tortoise and the Hare, Peter and the Wolf, and so many others. So we'll put links to all these things in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I just did Peter and the Wolf with my grandchildren oh. a couple of weeks ago, just introduced that to them. And it was so fun. They're beautiful. Um, they were like four and six, but they sat there entranced listening to the story and following along for a good 20 minutes. Mm. It was it was really cool. And what wonderful memories, wonderful memories Absolutely. with grandma. Well, and it shows them that ideas can be expressed in ways other than words. Mm. I mean, that's the whole point of art and music, you know? It's expressing ideas without words. So, yeah, it's great. I love those. Something that we really enjoy about it, too, is turning off the TV on long road trips. Most cars these days are built with that, and it's a great option, honestly, for a very, very long road trip. However, breaking up that screen time with, you know, some audio input (laughs) instead, some pleasant audio input is really nice. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. All great ideas and resources to consider. All right. What's next, Anya? All right. Let's take a break from indoor activities and let's talk about spending some time outside in nature. Summer months are a wonderful opportunity to immerse yourself in God's creation. You know, we spend most of our time indoors, surrounded by what man has made. But there's something about time in nature, surrounded by what God has made that just resets the mind and the spirit. Mm. So use the summer months to get outside. And yes, okay, we are in Georgia and Alabama, so let's be wise about the heat, absolutely, (laughs) and choosing what time of day you're going to go outside. But just don't let these weeks of opportunity slip through your fingers. You can encourage your children to join you outside for a walk or go hiking or to do your gardening or, yeah, the lawn care if they're older or swimming and canoeing and camping and tubing and building a treehouse or creating a fort or something like that. Just get them outside. 
You hear that, Katie? Outside. <laughs> you tell her, Sonia. I've been on oh, Katie dear. forever about spending more time outside, but that's okay. She stays on me about eating right, which this also hasn't done much good. No, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing to contribute to this particular. Uh, what am I trying to say? Outside encouragement. Yes, I have I nothing to contribute to the outside encouragement. Um, I spent my entire childhood inside and I was happy as a pasty white clam in there. So I still am most of the time. But I agree that this is an area of my life that needs a great deal of improvement, much like Ginger's eating habits. Yes. Thank you, Sonia. Okay. okay. I sense that there's a little uh, tension here. So we'll oh, just yeah. move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's all love. It's all love. <laughs> okay. Idea number six is connected to it. While you're outside, Katie. <laughs> then uh, start a new habit while you're out there of intentionally slowing down, you know, pause, breathe, watch, listen, observe, and then record your observations about what God has made. You need to encourage your children and you to develop a personal relationship with those nature friends around them. It might begin by just learning a particular bird's name. You know, for example, this is a cardinal or this is a mockingbird, but that's only the beginning. Just like getting to know each other. I mean, Ginger, when you and I were introduced to each other, we knew each other's names and that was it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I knew you as a person. Mm -hmm. I just knew your name. That was the beginning of it. So encourage our children the same way in nature. Encourage them to watch and observe patiently and quietly and see what that new nature friend is doing or is not doing. What are its habits? And then just get each child a blank sketchbook in which to record their observations. And that sketchbook becomes your child's nature journal. It's a personal record of her growing relationship with God's creation. Mm. And make sure, because it is a personal record, let each child reflect his own personality in that journal. So maybe some children will write notes. Um, others might sketch and jot down notes. Others might want to use watercolor brush drawing. And some might just want to put notes like mine is mainly just lists of things that I saw and and notes about what they were doing or not doing. Mm -hmm. And if a child is not yet able to write for herself, um, that child can tell you what to record, and you can write it down for her. But nature study is just a wonderful, wholesome hobby that can last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Well, Sonia, you have already given us just so many great ideas for uh, helping our kids to beat summer boredom. And I know you have a lot more ideas, uh, but we are going to wait and come back next week so that we're not just... Um, throwing out way too many ideas just in one episode. So we're going to let you uh, chew on these ideas, and then we're going to come back next week, and Sonia's going to give us lots more great ideas. Before we close, I do want to mention real quickly that Sonia and I will both be speaking this weekend at the Texas Homeschool Convention in Houston. So if you guys are in the area and you don't have plans, y'all come on out. It is not too late to register, and Sonia and I would absolutely love to meet you. Thank you so much, Sonia and Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you're listening. 
And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This is a help to us to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. You can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can also find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a corner. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.